Are you a single mom who worries that you're messing up your kids? Do you feel like life is a constant struggle? Do you have big dreams and know that you were meant for more, but in your day-to-day life, you feel like you just don't have enough time to move forward with what you want? If this is you, I'm so glad you're here. I'm Jordan Rios, author, life coach, blogger, overcomer, and single mom of seven kids. This is the Thriving Single Moms Podcast. Thriving Single Moms podcast, and I am your host, Jordan Rios, and this is going to be a bit of a salty episode. I am letting it all out. I am just coming here unapologetically so that I can share with you some things that I hold very dear to my heart, some things that are part of my messaging that I have really not shared that much before. So it's probably going to be a bit of a polarizing episode, so I'm just putting it out there. So the name of this episode is Patriarchy, End-Stage Capitalism, and Dismantling Society's Perception of Single Moms. That is a mouthful. So let me just dive right in. We're going to be covering a lot today. I'm not sure how long this episode is going to be. I'm actually recording in my car. I've got a friend inside watching my kids because, you know, my house is loud and recording on my porch wasn't exactly working because of all the background noise. And so I am sitting in my car recording. And so far that's been going well when I've recorded episodes in my car. So let's talk about how does society in general perceive single moms? Now, as I start going through this, I'm sure it will resonate with you because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a single mom and you've probably felt a lot of these things. And unfortunately, society, mainstream society's perception of, sing- of single moms generally is not very positive. So some of the words that came to me when, I've, when I was brainstorming, not only brainstorming how I have been objectified as a single mom, but also just things I've seen, you know, news commentaries and, you know, comments that I've heard other people make, things I've seen on social media, how, how society in general views single moms, some of the words were broken, that they are leeches or moochers, that they can't, meaning that they are not financially stable and that they're looking for a handout and, um, and it's because they're in poverty, they're struggling, um, single moms are desperate, um, some of the uglier Places have even called them or put out a vibe of them being damaged goods, that they come from failed marriages or failed relationships or failed families of origin, that they're needy, that they're not contributing to society, that they're a drain on society. And um, let me just say, this is just to me infuriating. We are people, we are women of value, we are women of valor, but I want to go deep into, in this episode, why this is society's perception, and I'm not talking about every person, obviously, this is generalization, 
So, in general, why is this society's perception of single moms? And we're going to make a complete roundabout to how can we change this? How can we as single moms be part of the change of how of of society's perception of us, of how we can contribute to society, of, you know, just all the things that we can do to shift the narrative. So... Why does, excuse me, why does society perceive single moms this way? So our values as a Western culture are deeply rooted in individualism and patriarchy. So I'm going to break that down. Individualism is just kind of like a cultural um, norm that is present in the Western world, specifically the United States and more industrialized um, nations we are an individualist society. Our values are standing on your own two feet. Um, we value personal space. We value um, rights of passage to adulthood, like owning your own house and having your career and individual success and all the things. I'm not saying individualism in and of itself is bad because individualism, as opposed to collectivism, they're both just systems that have good and bad in both. Um, I've chosen myself to embrace the individualistic part of my heritage, but then also have appreciation and try to learn from um, my neighbors and parts of the world who are collectivists because there's good and bad in both. And to um, just take that point of view, but I want to talk about patriarchy. Not going to talk so much about individualism. I am going to talk about patriarchy and a little bit about end-stage capitalism, and we're going to define that. So, if you have, are not familiar with what is patriarchy, you might recognize the root word patriarch in the word patriarchy and think of a male um, leader in a family, and that is where the root word, um, the root word of the word patriarchy and where it comes from. But just to define patriarchy, um, patriarchy is a social construct meaning that it is um, created by humans and um, sorry. So patriarchy is a social construct created by humans. That's all social constructs are created by, by people, which promotes the unequal distribution of power between men and women in certain aspects of our societies, which inherently subordinates discriminates or is oppressive to women so it's a power differential patriarchy is a power differential in which men hold more power than women in certain aspects of our society that's where the definition says it promotes the unequal distribution of power so what does patriarchy how does it affect single moms if if men have an unfair advantage in our society and that's just the way things are And we don't know how it got to be that way, but it's been that way for a long time. How does that affect single moms? Um, You know, it. let me, before I go any further, before I answer the question I just asked, how does it affect single moms? um, Let me give you some examples of patriarchy before I speed ahead to that part. So examples of patriarchy in our Western um, North American culture. Um, some examples of what we, of how, where we see this is unpaid maternity leave. That's something I'm experiencing right now as I just gave birth to my seventh baby. And our, and before you think, you know, well, you're not working, so why should you get paid? 
because I've heard that before. I've gotten into Facebook debates with mostly men who argue with me that I should have prepared for maternity leave. And I could go into all different arguments as to why that is absolute crap. Why that is a crap argument. But I'm not going to go there. All I'm going to say is the United States is one of seven countries in the world that doesn't offer some form of paid maternity leave. And we are the only, and of those seven countries, we are the only one that is industrialized that doesn't offer some form of paid maternity leave. So that definitely needs to change. And I'll, and you know, if you're a single mom, even if you're a married mom, but especially if you're a single mom and you're the sole provider for your family, you are the breadwinner that could make or break your family's security that could lead to housing insecurity or food insecurity it could lead you to go back to work way too soon when you're still in diapers for having a baby just so that you can provide for your kids and that's not healthy that's not fair it's not sustainable so you know unpaid maternity leave is definitely an example of patriarchy because men don't give birth and it's definitely an unfair advantage um, whether the pregnancy is planned or unplanned, it's irrelevant. It is something that is an extension of patriarchy. Another example of patriarchy is unequal division of labor in the home, in the care of children and the care of home. And this is for, this isn't so much for single moms, but I want to tie it back to single moms. This is for married moms in heterosexual relationships, Um, you know, we've got the men who go to work and in our society today, most women are working as well. Full time. It takes two incomes to make the household run. And, but women are still taking the emotional load and the mental load and most of the childcare responsibilities and the upkeep of the house. And we're seeing some shifts in this area, but this is still a conversation that needs to be had. And even for single moms, You know, a lot of single moms have got, myself included, one of the reasons they have left their marriages or left their partners is because of this, of this specific reason. This was not the only reason that my marriage ended, but it was a factor. It was something that happened. Um, But, you know, what I mean by this is that women are working, 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 and working outside the home and taking care of everything inside the home, there's no time left to take care of themselves. This leads, and men are able to do less at home because of the societal expectation that that's women's work. That for decades, for generations, that has been a woman's job, even though, um, you know, a generation ago, mo- there were there was a larger percentage of wives who stayed at home, who didn't have to work. It was a different economy back then. It was a different um, world back then when women could stay at home and that was the expectation and that it was possible to even allow a wife or a mother to stay at home with their kids while men worked. And I also want to say, even in that situation in our, you know, 2023 going into 2024 today, even if you are staying at home, childcare is unpaid labor. Childcare during the day should it should not be like, you know, the the wife is staying home with the kids all day, so the husband when he gets home from work gets to prop his feet up and her weight on him and continue to do all the household duties because he's been working as if it's not work what she's been doing all day. It should still be a fair division of labor, fifty fifty, and I think that in in and of itself that shift 
could lead to so much more just incredible women's empowerment and opportunities for women and it benefits the entire household it does it doesn't just benefit the mom it benefits the kids and it benefits the husband as well um and so going into the next example of patriarchy i've got several that i'm going to go through violence against women and this could be physical violence this could be domestic violence which a lot of you listeners have experience with both most women in general have experience with violence um it could be sexual violence and that is also something that is just incredibly rampant in our culture and um i'm gonna i'm gonna go deeper into this but before i go deeper into the violence piece i want to talk about a something that I've heard so many times that absolutely infuriates me when we're having this conversation about violence against women and you're taught you hear someone talking to young boys uh, adolescent young men or young men in their 20s about not raping women or about not sexually assaulting a woman or being hurting her in any way well she's someone's daughter Remember, she's someone's daughter. You have to treat her well. And I absolutely loathe this statement because it implies that a woman's only value is in her relationship to others and she doesn't have inherent value as a human being. This has to stop. This is absolutely, utterly ridiculous. But it's still a thing. It's still a thing here in, you know, the 2020s. Um, I also want to talk about the sex trade. The sex trade is something that is driven by patriarchy completely end of sentence full stop it is driven by patriarchy and this is why if there was not women are being objectified women are being sold as sexual objects apart from feelings apart from having feelings and futures and being people they are being owned as objects and if there wasn't a a demand for women being sold as as sex slaves as sexual objects, there would not be a supply of women. And you think in in um, conservative evangelical circles and a lot of religious circles, this has been being portrayed as a problem of lust. Oh, men can't control their lust towards women. And this narrative actually reinforces patriarchal ideas because then it puts the problem back on the woman. It puts the fault back on the woman because if she would cover herself up, if she wouldn't portray herself as a loose woman, then men wouldn't struggle with lust, then women wouldn't be sold into sex slavery, then women wouldn't be objectified, then women wouldn't be raped. And this, pardon my French, this is bullshit. This is awful. And it's not, what it goes back to is it is not a lust problem. It is a power problem. It is a power differential. Sexual violence against women it is, direct, is a direct result of the power differentials it is men asserting their power over women. That is the psychological root. That is the societal and uh, sociological root of the sex trade. Um, I also want to talk about going back to um, violence against women again. And touch again on sexual violence. Any type of violence against women. Is women not being believed? Um. And, you know, like going back to the Me Too movement and women not being believed and being portrayed as wayward or needy or whatever word that they're assigned when they speak up about their own experiences of being victimized as victims of violence. They're not being believed. They're being ridiculed in the online forums, just in society in general. 
Um, the intimidation of women in the workplace, when women try to be more assertive, when women are uh, trying to lead and lead in places where men are needing to, uh, you know, lead in, lead men in the workplace. Um, there's a lot of intimidation there. Um, and the last one I want to talk about is women not being allowed to be anything that makes them less desirable, palatable, or beneficial to men. And this goes back to, in our society, the unspoken reality is that we, we're, we, we as women are here to serve men. <sighs> that was a lot. That was a whole lot. So I gave you a whole lot of examples. I defined patriarchy. I gave you a whole lot of examples of patriarchy. And if you're anything like me, your blood is probably boiling right now. We will bring it down. I will. This episode will get better. Don't worry. I have a lot more things to say. But first, it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. So, but that's, you know, that's, if, and if you're feeling angry, own that anger. That anger is justified. That it is okay to be an angry woman. I'm an angry woman when, when these things come up. I'm also a very nurturing woman. I'm also a very um, powerful woman. I'm a very ambitious woman, but I'm a very kind, feminine loving woman I'm an artistic woman and it is okay to be all of those things we can be all those things we are multifaceted we are nuanced we are emotional and powerful and amazing um so I wanted to talk about money issues because this obviously in and how how in-stage capitalism is affecting all of us all of us are affected by end-stage capitalism. And not going to go really deep into what that is. I'm just going to give you some examples of it. Um, it's basically the economic state that we're in right now with inflation and just all the things that are happening in our world economically right now. And um, so I just want to talk about it affects all of us, but it especially affects the most marginalized and I definitely consider single moms to be a marginalized community. Um, we are an at-risk community. And that doesn't mean that our reality has that we have to struggle. This is a really nuanced dichotomy. Because, yes, a lot of these things can be true of us. But one thing I want to talk about later in this episode is how we can be part of the solution. How we can level up. Even in a position where we have so many odds stacked against us. How we can do that. How can we level up? How can we create a better life for ourselves and our kids? It's not impossible. It is totally possible. It is, we live in a universe of limitless possibilities. And we can, level, we can pretty much do whatever we want to do. We can be who we want to be. We can do what we want to do. But we have to, it takes a lot of mindfulness and it takes a lot of strategizing and it takes a lot of inner work. And that's where we're going to end up the end, end in this episode later. But I want to talk about money because, you know, a lot of us, when we go through divorces, it wipes us out financially. A lot of us, when we were married, you know, not all of us as single moms have an educational background where we could make it and support our families on our own. And that's why a lot of women stay in abusive marriages a lot of us, um, you know, it is so hard, like I said, to survive in this economy on one income, even with child support, if you even get child support, it is so hard to do that, even with government assistance, it's just a very big stretch, and 
you know, we don't know what the future holds in our economy. And so that can be a daunting thing to have to deal with. But without money, it can be very hard, no matter what your financial situation is right now, you know, money can be an issue for single moms. I'm not saying it is, I'm just saying it can be. And this is something that keeps single moms limited because you can only, if you're a full-time employee, if you're an hourly employee somewhere, you can only work so many hours in the day. You can only make so much money. Um, I'm going to address that later and that'll probably be another podcast episode that will go deeper into more money talk I also will link in the show notes I did an interview with a money coach named Samira Singh I'm not sure what episode that is but um I'll link that in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to that money is something I'm very passionate about it's something I want to continue talking about um but you know I what I want to talk about right now is Um, the compounding effect of all of these issues. So if we are, it's hard to leave a marriage. It's hard to be a single mom. We're trying our best to provide for our family. Some of the compounding issues are how, like I mentioned before, are housing insecurity and food insecurity um, and inaccessibility to community resources because a lot of these places that provide resources to single moms are underfunded. And, you know, we may not meet the qualifications. We make just too much money, just barely too much money to qualify, but we're still living in poverty. And this also leads to health issues because health care costs money. And, the, you know, being healthy can be is a financial investment. And, you know, there's a spectrum of who, of who has access to this and how much access you have. I want to talk about how all of, now I want to talk about how all of this affects us in our bodies. Because I just mentioned health issues. I just mentioned, um, you know, how healthy we are. How does it affect our bodies over time? And I know this is, like I said, a dark, dreary episode, but this is necessary. These are necessary conversations that we need to be having as women, because if we don't stand up for ourselves, who's going to stand up for us? We can be part of the change in this society. Um, a lot of us have, because of these societal realities that I've just talked about, we all, probably most of us, have shame trapped in our bodies. And this shame and trauma that can be trapped in our bodies can be, is the result of us being in fight or flight mode for years. And I speak from personal experience about this. And it can also be the result of specific traumatic events. It can be the result of um, childhood events that still that are still trapped. The emotions are still trapped in our bodies, and we have been in fight or flight mode. And um, I I was curious as I was doing research for this episode, the link between com com ah oh, sorry chronic illness and single moms. Like how many single moms? What I was trying to research was with illnesses. How many sing how many single moms struggle with common illness with chronic illnesses as opposed to married moms or the general population? Is there a connection because of all these factors and variables? So in doing my research, I came across a study that was done in Canada in nineteen ninety five. I'll link the study in the show notes, which measured the self-perceived physical and emotional health of single mothers compared to married mothers. Now, when I say self-perceived, they were rating their, this was not based on specific diagnoses. This was based on their own assessment of their health. 
um, really high quality peer reviewed study. So the results of the study is that single mothers had significantly lower health, self-perceived health scores. And they measured the single mothers in two groups. One group was single mothers who, had, who, knew, who were newly single mothers. The other group were single mothers who had been single for single mothers for a long time. So it was measuring their self-perceived health over time. So both groups had significantly lower self-perceived health scores um, than married mothers. But the ones who had been single over time had even lower scores than the ones who had um, not been single mothers for very long. And I think this is really interesting because to me, that evidence points out that this is a real thing. This is something that can, that this is a real problem that needs to be addressed. Society needs to pick up their slack and start supporting single mothers and making resources accessible to them and just changing their entire mentality because this is a compounding effect. All of this is being compounded over time. And the other factors in the study that were discussed at the end of the study were because it, it's, it did say that being a single mom by itself did not, it was not the, the only factor, the only variable in determining the self-perceived health score of these women, but also the other correlating factors were education and income. So being a single mother, in addition to having low education and low income, those were the three factors that contributed in having lower health. So how does this all tie together? Um, I want to talk, I want to go back to talking about fight or flight mode and staying in that and how we can get out of that because not one of us or a few of us can be a part of this change in society. Let's just be real. And this is not going to be an overnight change. We have seen a lot of changes in the last decade in women's empowerment and women's rights. And you know, that is just an awesome thing to watch and to be a part of. It's something that I have gone through my own personal revolution in, my own personal evolution in. And I want to talk about how you and I, just as individuals, can be a part of the change. Okay? So, what I'm about to say is going to surprise you probably. But, coming from a place of feminine empowerment, a place of feminine energy... You're like, Jordan, how in the world can I be a part of the change? I'm just trying to keep the plate spinning. I'm trying to keep food on the table. I'm trying to take care of my family. And yeah, I agree with what you're saying. But how in the world can I change this when I'm falling apart? You change this by taking care of yourself. That is why I talk about self-care so much. And I have an episode dropping this Friday that I'm inter- I am interviewed a therapist named Linda Thompson, and she was amazing. So I encourage you to listen to that. The episode was not entirely about self-care, um, but we did talk about self-care extensively in that, we, in that episode that's going to drop this Friday on December 15th. So I encourage you to listen to that. But when we're constantly in fight or flight mode, that's exactly where the patriarchy as a system wants us to be so that nothing changes. That is the end goal, is to keep us in fight or flight mode. Because when we're in fight or flight mode, it's so much easier for the patriarch, the overall system of patriarchy to stay in place. And so, how do you get out of fight or flight mode? 
the way that you get out of fight or flight mode is by rest and regulating your nervous system and getting into your body. There is so much power, so much innate, unlimited power in your bodies. And that is why the patriarchy wants to control the female body. We didn't get into that, but that's maybe that's a topic for another episode. But getting into your body and regulating your nervous system, how do you do that? The role of deep breathing is huge. And at the end of this episode, we're going to do some deep breathing and we're going to do some empowering affirmations. We're going to start there. But I want to challenge you as a single mom. I know I've kind of gone all over the place in this episode. We're going to talk about this some more. This is just a big, 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 you know, 30,000 feet overview of this. And I've covered a lot of things and I've said a lot of things. And this is something, a conversation that I unapologetically want to continue having on this podcast because it's so important. But I want to challenge you. If you are committed to not submitting to the patriarchy anymore, start in your own body. Start releasing that trauma through connecting to your breath, through going to therapy, through taking care of yourself, through through. through intentionally practicing a self-care that is meaningful to you. For me, it's journaling daily. I journal every single day. I meditate every single day. And that has transformed my entire life, my entire being, my entire personality, inside and outside. And I think that's powerful. And I encourage you to also do the same thing. And um, so I it that is just such a powerful way to regulate, to get you into a healthy place where you're not always feeling under attack, where that trauma is being released from your body. And it's just, it's just super powerful. So I'm going to, um, I know this has been a lot and this is not my typical content. This is brand new. And so this may be shocking to you to hear me even say all of these things. But I want to end this episode with some deep breathing. So if you're still listening, if you would just please, um, if you're able to, if you're not driving or have kids screaming at you or running around or doing something, just take a moment and close your eyes. And I want you to take three deep breaths and I'm going to do them with you in through the nose, out through the mouth. And notice the calm. Notice how different you feel by connecting to your breath. By allowing yourself to not think for a minute. Because you know we have a lot on our minds every day. These are the three. I have a few affirmations. A handful of affirmations I'm going to leave you with. And then I'm going to end this episode. And we're going to continue this conversation. I love myself completely. I am worthy of love. What is desired by me is destined for me. I am a woman of valor. I take control of my life and my future. I choose peace and calm. 
I am worthy of all of my desires. Thank you so much for sticking with me on this episode. If this has been meaningful to you, just please subscribe. And I can't wait to continue this conversation. Thanks for listening. If this episode has been impactful and meaningful to you, would you please leave me an honest review on whatever platform you're listening on? These reviews help me to reach even more single moms, and I take the time to read every single one. Thank you, and as always, choose your destiny and live it.